This podcast is made possible by supporters like you. Mahalo. And by Atlas Insurance Agency, Hawaii's largest professional agency, helping Hawaii navigate insurance solutions since 1929. More at atlasinsurance.com. Aloha my kako. Welcome to a new episode of What's School You Went? Start every conversation with this question. I'm Ron Mizutani, and today we're talking about what some consider a rite of passage for young water men and water women. We're talking about Waikiki Walls, also known as the Kapahulu Groin. And there is no one in town who can speak with authority <laughs> and firsthand knowledge about this famous surf spot then my dear friend, retired deputy fire chief, author, surf historian, and so much more, John Clark. Welcome back to Thank PBS you. Hawaii, John. Thank you, Ron. So my good pleasure. to have you. My Thank pleasure. you very much. Uh, before I get started, any yes. further, brother, uh, what school you went? Uh, okay, well, I'm going to start at the beginning, okay? Go for it, yes. Okay, Jefferson Elementary, okay. which is right in Waikiki. And from there, I went to Washington Intermediate, which is now Washington Middle School. From there to St. Louis for two years, uh, freshman, sophomore, and from there to Punahou for my junior and senior years. So I'm a 1964 Punahou grad. Punahou grad. But you got a little Kalai Pohaku in you as well. I, uh, so I'm a Buffett Blue Crusader, right? <laughs> yeah, not, not torn at all, but uh, very much Waikiki yes. in you. I mean, that's, yes. that was home for you. Where yes, it was. Made home. Um, so that that let's take us to Waikiki um, because that was your that was your playground. Yes, it was. It was, I bet, and and maybe a little bit about not just the whole area. I want to focus on walls because okay. you know that is so dear to my heart as well. Okay. Um, but for you, Waikiki meant a whole different world. Maybe take us back to to your younger days when you couldn't wait probably to post school. Exactly. <laughs> Well, first of all, you know, I just mentioned that I went to Jefferson Elementary. So I was there from, I mean, small kid time, right, in Waikiki and getting my hair cut there and, you know, just doing all the things that kids do. But anyway, in 1954, when I was eight years old, uh, a friend of my dad's taught me how to surf at Canoes in Waikiki. And Canoes, of course, is the famous surf spot right in front of the Moana Hotel. So that was 1954, I was eight years old, and I've been surfing ever since. So that's... <laughs> that's where it all started. A, that's where it all started, I'm, and I'm still a lifelong surfer. You know, uh, interesting, you, my first exposure, if you will, to the surfing world was at Canoes as well. Oh. Uh, Robert Kikai, I was so blessed to be taught by him. Yes. He was a dear friend of our friend, uh, Herbie Pratt, but he had sent me out with Rabbit. I had no idea the legend that he was at the time. Mm -hmm. I was a young kid. Um, but boy, when I found out that I was taught by him at this legendary break, uh, what, a, what a gift that I had. Oh, yeah. yeah. Rabbit, Rabbit one of, like you said, one of the legendary Beach Boys. Yeah. You know, um, Walls. Uh, it, that's okay. where it all happened for us, as young groms, if you will. We we used to catch the number two bus to Waikiki <laughs> and and I'd get off at near Jack in the Box and borrow one of the um, plastic trays, uh, borrow you know, <laughs> uh, and go body surfing or boogie boarding until the sun came down. Just so many wonderful memories of that area, and I'm sure you have many memories of of walls as well. I do. Share with me. Okay, I will. 
Let me let me start what was with what was there before walls before the Capoeira Groin was built. That was that area was just a vertical stone wall. There wasn't any sand beach there. So right about the end of the 1940s, the territory of Hawaii decided that they wanted to stand, extend the sand beach from Waikiki, canoes area, you know. Uh, they wanted to go east. They wanted to bring it east. And so they wanted to put sand right in front of this vertical st uh, stone wall. But anyway, right in the middle of the wall, right at that intersection where it is, Kapuhulu and Kalakaua Avenues, there was a storm drain. So the Kapuhulu groin is actually the extension of that storm drain that was a culvert that came under Kalakaua Avenue. It goes out 350 feet. And for anybody that surfed there, you know that on the outer end of the wall, there's an opening. Mm -hmm. And what looks like a solid piece of concrete to most people is actually hollow underneath. And it goes right back to that original storm drain. So that's the Kapoholo groin. So, but take us back to even further, John, because I, I did not realize uh, your history or your family's history with oh, yes. the groin. I mean, dad had a role in that. My dad did have a role in that. T tell me about that. My dad was a civil engineer. He, gra he graduated from UH Manoa in 38 as a civil engineer. And he got a job with a company called James Glover. And when the wall was put out to bid, the Kapuhulu groin was put out to bid, Glover won the contract. And my dad happened to be the construction superintendent wow. for that project. And he was really, really proud of it. So anyway, Glover built a wall. They started in January 1951, and they completed it six months later in June of 1951. But nobody, all of the kids that body surfed there or bodyboarded there, pipeboarded at that time, yeah. none of the kids liked that name, Kapoholo Groin. In fact, nobody's ever liked it. <laughs> <laughs> So they started calling it the wall, yeah. and today it's walls. Walls, yeah. That's that's. I, you know, as growing up, never knew it as Kapuhula groin. Yes. Uh, when I hear Kapuhula groin, I think of you know, your legs and 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 tearing the yes, muscle in the groin. Uh, but that was the that was the concept, and and a lot of it has to do with drainage. Um, and as we know, it was a wetland uh, there for many yes, years. Yes, it was. And the Alawai Canal was, a, is an, was an enormous engineering project in itself. Were these all tied together? The, the drainage system for Kapuhulu Avenue, I, I'm, uh, yeah, for Kapuhulu Avenue was different than the Alawai Canal. But eventually, that storm drain that ran under Kalakaua that we're talking about, the culvert, the water that was feeding into it from Kapuhulu area that water got channeled into the sewer system back in Kapuhulu. So right now, that, that old storm drain, the wall, is actually functioning just as a jetty. Okay, but it's still functioning? Yes, it is. Amazing. Okay, so we have the wall, right? And, yep. and, and boy, I, I have a lot of different stories I want to ask you about. But then we also have the small seawall. That yes. extends across, uh, if you will, and it's moss and guys. We used to slide and get stupid and get amnesia because we used to conquer heads. But 
inside is where the lakikis can swim and yes. the families can swim. Outside is, is the break. Yes. Um, and that's kind of like a rite of passage, if you will, right? <laughs> uh, not that, only that and also jumping off the wall and timing it and all that stuff, which has its dangers. But uh, let's take us back inside that area as well. And, and that was part of, I guess, the vision of extending the beach? Yes, it was. And actually, the Kapuholo groin was built first. And then um, part of my dad's contract, Glover's contract, was on the diamond head side of the Kapuholo groin where the volleyball courts are mm -hmm. now. And they built a very low retaining wall that went down towards Montserrat Avenue, about 150 feet into the wall. And that area they filled with sand from bellows. So that sand is very different mm -hmm. than, it's a very fine-grained sand, windward sand. It's very different sand than the sand that you find originally or found originally on Waikiki Beach. Now to get to your point, the next phase of this beach project was the lagoons on the other side, which were formed by what everybody used to call slippery wall. And, <laughs> and were, were you one? Did you go out there and slide on the wall? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Not very well at it, but yeah, we, we used to do that uh, you know, growing up. And um, with all that moss and, and slippery stuff, and people still do it today. Yes, they do. Yeah. Well, anyway, those, those, two, uh, those two lagoons were built as the second half of this extension of Waikiki Beach. And the sand there, the reason I mentioned it on the diamond head side of the wall, is that the sand there was also brought from bellows. So you had this very fine windward sand on both sides of the Kapoholo groin, and it was very different from the coarser grain sand that you found elsewhere in Waikiki. That's that's fascinating. Is it still the case? I mean, it's been years, but and and sand ebbs and flows. But is there still you think windward sand in that area? I would imagine at the bottom, you know, at the very base of those two areas. But there's been uh, sand nourishment projects mm -hmm. on both sides of the wall. So I'm not sure what's really visible now of the windward sand. Wow, I did, I did not know that either. I had no idea about that, John. Um, you know, obviously the, the wall itself has, I mean, it's, it's picturesque. It's, it's like, a, it's like a, uh, a postcard of Waikiki, local style. Yes, it is. Um, and kids have been jumping off of that for years, you know, despite the signs, because yes. there are definitely dangers in that. Uh, and I've seen many people, you know, get hurt there. In fact, uh, several years ago, a UH football player uh, yes. was paralyzed there. Yes. Uh, Kalepo, uh, Nootala, his name was. And talk about the dangers of that place. The dangers at the wall are exactly what you're describing, especially at low tide. Um, you know, our tidal fluctuations usually between two and three feet. So at high tide, when you, the volume of water is a little deeper there, it's not as dangerous. But... The bottom line is that you never, if you're going to go and exit from the wall, you never want to dive. You always want to jump feet first. And you want to do it at high tide and hopefully when there's a swell. So you get the high tide, you get the waves coming in, and you jump into a wave. And the water's, you know, deeper. Yes, yeah, the water's deeper. You know, and the waves are really big. So, I mean, when the, when the south swell is pumping and... And walls can get pretty out of, out of hand by them, depending on the size of the swell. But I've seen guys on pipe boards 
Oh, uh, yeah. Out at Kunas, and they make it all the way to shore. Um, I've been fortunate maybe to have a couple of rides like that with my boogie back in the day. <laughs> you know, making it right to the wall and squeaking by and then getting on that inside little thing that a lot of folks would just sit there and, and body surf. But uh, pipe boards, pipe boards t- take us a little bit about the history of that because that area was, was well known, especially in Kunas, right outside of Falls. Yes. Pipe boards are just wood or wooden body boards. And they were what all of us used uh, before Tom Murray invented the boogie board. And Tom's boards came out in the 1970s. And that's when the pipe boards started to disappear. But you mentioned Kunas. Kunas is the deep water break that's straight out from the Kapu'ulu groin. In fact, the Kuna family home was right where the volleyball courts are today. That was, they, they lived there, that was their home, and they were surfers too. So all the surfers in Waikiki named that spot for them, for the Kuna family. I didn't know, I didn't know the history of Kuna's. <laughs> I always wondered if it was uh, related to Kahuna or ku- somebody misspoke and said Kanu's Kuna's, but that's a, it was an actual Waikiki family. Yes, Ohana. it's an actual Waikiki family that lived right there on the beach. And they were surfers too. But anyway, Ron, to your point, Kuna's is, is an excellent pipo ride, uh, pipo break. Um, I'm a pipo rider myself. I still pipo till this day. I have, I have a quiver of pipos in my garage at home. So anyway, Kuna's is one of the spots that I ride, and I also ride next door at Publix. At Publix. Which is a little more west, uh, I'm sorry, east of uh, Kuna's. And a left-hand break. Yes, yeah, it's a left-hand break. To, uh, and Kuna's. Um, you know, nature has a way of, of you know, teaching us many lessons, uh, especially during storms. When I, when I look at the, the history of walls, though, it too gives us many lessons on, on culture, on, on family, on tradition. I mean, there are, peop- there are groups there who still hang out there to this day. Yes. Uh, and they consider themselves the locals. And, and they don't even have to be from the islands. The, the, you know, they don't have to be locally born. I mean, they, there's something about that wall that just fascinates people. Uh, what do you think that is? A lot of, a lot of people like you and me uh, started, started to surf there when we were kids. Um, people started on pipo boards and then they moved up to surfboards. But that takes all of us back, you know, all the way to the 1950s. And that was the spot. I mean, everybody went there to body surf. You don't see too many body surfers nowadays, but to body surf and to pipe board. Your, um, I'm glad you mentioned that, but your, your memories of that place, has it changed with the years? I mean, you know how breaks change, reefs change? It seems like the, the wall break still remains the same after all of these years, or has it changed through the years? In my mind, it hasn't changed at all, mainly because on the Eva side, on the west side of the groin, you have those two, those two shallow walls that form the lagoons. So those, the slippery walls, the slippery wall traps the sand in there. So the sand doesn't, if the sand erodes, it's eroding to the west, not straight offshore. So, and then on the other side of the wall, on the Diamond Head side, you have that very low wall that's actually pretty much buried in sand, mm-hmm. but 
Same thing there, um, that wall traps the sand on that side. So you don't have the erosion going out that you do elsewhere in Waikiki. So, so the break spread, the breaks, stays, uh, yeah, stays the reef the stays the same as long yep. as there's no reef damage. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and of course, the sunsets, people, uh, you know, walk out to the end of the wall itself. Now, I think they have a pavilion there now. Um, Mayor Harris put that in when they started the movies. Oh, that was that was the reason. <laughs> yes. not, I'm not a fan of it. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I think it kind of loses its. Uh, nostalgia yes. for some reason but <laughs> I know folks go out there and they take you know sunsets and line that wall with uh, our visitors from the mainland and uh, around the world. I was just down in Waikiki for a dinner right at sunset and everybody flocks down to the beach right when the sun's dropping for the green flash. So I was down by the Duke statue and there were literally hundreds of people there all waiting with their cameras <laughs> to try and catch the green flash. Does it exist, John? It does. It does. Oh, yeah, for That's real. what I said. You can go online and find photos of yeah. it. Yeah. I, I swear I've seen it, but, you know. Oh, yeah, I, I've seen it, it many after times. a couple of inus and uh, <laughs> <laughs> little cocktails hour, but a happy hour. But, no, it does exist. It does. It does it's exist. for real. It's right, right when the sun just barely drops below the horizon, you get this little green glow, mm -hmm. and then it disappears. Yeah, people spend millions of dollars to come to Hawaii <laughs> to see the green flash. And we, we're, we're blessed to have that every yes, night. Yes, we are. Uh, weather permitting. Well, John, you know what? You taught me a lot of lessons about uh, Waikiki walls. I, I had no idea. First of all, I had no idea Dad was involved in that. Uh, and then all the other lessons about the, the sand from Waimanalo and Be Bellows Beach being there in Waikiki. It's... Um, would you call it a rite of passage, or would you call it just an island tradition? Um, I, I guess it's a little of both, but uh, it is an island tradition. I mean, if you talk to people that are senior surfers right now, like, you know, like I mentioned before, a lot of them started at the wall. I mean, that was their spot where they, they learned to swim, body surf, pipe board, and um, it's just stayed with them all these years. It's part of their history. When I was young, we had a guy, Sasaki, uh, who, was a, who was a boogie boarder, well, body boarder, and he used to uh, uh, knee on his board. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he became a professional. And then uh, the, other, the other hot local out there was a guy we used to call Pake. <laughs> I couldn't tell you his last name or his real name, but he became a lifeguard uh, oh, out there. Yeah. Um, but he was, oh, he was so good. We always used to just, just marvel at, at their skill set. Um, but every generation has one of those, you know, stars, and I'm sure you had your share as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. My, my generation, it was Val Ching. And Val Ching was part of, um, he was in the Honolulu Fire Department with me, and I knew him from back in the old Waikiki Surf Club days. But anyway, Val, Val uh, stood up on his pipe boards. So he's writing this little piece of plywood, you know, that's only three feet long. Amazing. And standing up and writing it just like a shortboard. Yeah. That's where I learned to stand up on my boogie, <laughs> um, on my <laughs> boogie board. And, Good for you. And, uh, you know, no fins back then. We yeah. would just paddle into it. Yeah. But that's where I learned to stand up. And then I would take that to Kauai at Kalapaki. Mm. Um, and people were just like, whoa, what are yeah, you doing? I How do you do that? And to be honest with you, I think the Wahoo guys are a little more, not advanced, but 
doing different things yes. than the neighbor island folks. And wow, I was like a superhero for maybe a couple of summers. <laughs> um, but then and after you that, still are. You no, still no, no, are. no, no, no. <laughs> Have you seen this uh, body without a shirt on? Uh, you don't want to. Hey, John, thanks for stopping by. I really appreciate My you pleasure. sharing the memories of Walt and, and the personal uh, connection that you have to it. Um, still making memories for folks across the world uh, today. And thank you, Dad, uh, for having a, having a hand in that. Right on. My pleasure, Ron. Thank right you. On. Hey, Mahalo Nui for joining us, folks. Join us next week, another episode of What School You Went. Until then, ahuiho. What School You Went is a PBS Hawaii production. Music by Taimane Gardner. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and tell your friends. You can find us on pbshawaii.org and everywhere you get your podcasts.